0: Dot com slash GoogleTeacherPod, you can search the archive and check out the show notes for each and every episode of the Google Teacher Podcast. Thank you for your continued support, and may the Googles be with you. This is Dr. Sheldon L. Akins, host of the Leading Equity Podcast and a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Just like the show you're listening to right now, the opinions expressed are those of each individual host. For more great podcasts, visit edupodcastnetwork.com and get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one.
1: Timeout for station identification.
0: <laughs> <That's right. laughs> you are listening to WGTT. <laughs>
2: Dallas, Tangier, (laughs) Indiana, bringing you the best of all of the Googles from all of the places. Your Google stuff, all right here in your ears. (laughs) All Google, all the time. All the time.
1: (laughs) And no commercials. (laughs) Right. That's right. Commercial-free GTT.
2: Uh, Sorry, I can't help (laughs) myself. (laughs) Oh... Welcome to episode 89 of the Google Teacher Tribe podcast, your source for the latest Google for Education news, tips, tricks, and ideas you can use in class tomorrow. I'm Matt Miller from Ditch That Textbook,
1: and I'm Casey Bell from Shake Up Learning, and today is the Tips from the Tribe episode. Yay! Yay! To the confetti, y'all. This is it. This is my favorite episode. And I think we can now call this an annual event that we Mm -hmm. do at the end of the season. So this is our last episode of season three. And I feel a little odd ending on 89, but that's how we're how we're going to do it. So But this is all about you. This is all of your shares from the tribe, your tips, your tricks, your lesson ideas. And that's what we're going to focus on today. And you made our jobs easy today. So so Mm -hmm. we appreciate you. And we're going to share with you a few Google news and updates, a couple of blog posts. And Matt, are you ready to get this thing
2: started? Let's hear from the tribe. Let's do it. It is time for some news and updates. And we're going to start with one for those of you that have Android devices. And so what Google has announced recently is that dark mode is available for calendar like Google Calendar and Google Keep on Android. And if you haven't heard about the dark mode craze, it seems to be kind of sweeping all sorts of different devices and all, all sorts of different interfaces with different apps and everything. And it's the general idea that instead of having a white screen behind something, you have a black screen behind it. And it's it, it has an impact on your battery life, sometimes whenever you're in, you know, low lighting, like if you're trying to go to sleep, or if you're, uh, you know, just waking up or something and it's dark and you turn your phone on and we've all probably had this happen before. It gets really, really bright in your eyes. Uh, dark mode sort of helps you to avoid all of that. And so with, um, calendar and keep, they are going the dark mode route. And I know for, uh, for anyone who's got Android Q, the newest version of uh, Android operating system, you can just automatic or, or you can just quickly switch to uh, dark mode within calendar and um, as well as keep. And if you've got one of the pre-Android Q devices, you can actually go in and configure calendar to go into dark mode when the device is in battery saving mode. So um yeah. Couple of couple of new apps that are getting dark mode, which will make some people very happy.
1: Yeah, a little bit of the dark side floating into. Yeah. So this next update is not huge, but It's something that will affect almost everyone. So I wanted to be sure and include it, but they're they're saying they've added this new look for Google search. And let me tell you, you kind of got to look pretty hard to see the new look, (laughs) in my opinion. I don't know. So I don't actually have this update yet, but they have the comparison of the two search screens when you're just using Google search. So they've made a few adjustments to the way the information is displayed. And one thing that... I can't I don't know. I'm still I'm still kind of debating on whether this is good. And one of the things that drives us crazy as teachers are the ads that pop up in a search. And of course, you know, part of that digital citizenship skill is teaching our students how to identify the search results and know how to weed out those ads that appear at the top. And so the the little identifier for ad is actually going to the top of the posting above the title So I like that, but it's not green and highlighted anymore so I think we kind of we gained some by moving it up and we lost some at least in the color so I'm not I'm not completely sure how I feel about that one so you will see the new design and website branding that that's coming through here but like I said there are just tiny little tweaks I wouldn't call this a big overhaul and that of course their idea is
2: that they want to support and
1: make the searching easier and faster
2: for everyone all right, we're moving right along here to another post. This one has to do with Google Glass. Do you remember Google Glass?
1: But yeah, I remember pictures of all these people who used to wear these things and get made mm-hmm. fun
2: of. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> There's also been talk about how, you know, at least a little ways back, about how Google Glass could be a transformative thing in the classroom and an education and everything. And then Google decided it wasn't going to do Google Glass anymore. Well, they've got a new Google Glass initiative coming, and it's called Glass Enterprise Edition. And it's really for industry. It's for businesses to help improve the efficiency of their employees. So the, the reason that we're mentioning this is not because it's being directed towards education, but because it has been mentioned with education, and some of us are still kind of curious about Glass and and what has happened to it and if it's ever gonna come back. So um, basically what they've done is they, they've made some improvements to it. The camera is better, the charging is better, you've got a um you've got the same first person video streaming and collaboration features. So you've got all of these things. Um, but really I think the reason that I wanted to mention this is that um just just to show that glass is not totally forgotten from Google. It's not been considered a complete bust and they haven't moved totally past it yet. So just because they've got this new initiative coming, who knows if they're trying to recommit to it or what. But Glass is not as dead as we thought that maybe it was and um, maybe coming to some businesses and some some industries at some point. And who knows, maybe eventually to education as well.
1: Yeah, I find this interesting. And of course, the article definitely makes it clear that they're focused on businesses, the enterprise edition. But is it just me or do these look just like the old ones, only like nerdier frames. <laughs>
2: they have nerdier frames. That is a good like point. That's, yeah. <laughs> they have
1: nerdier frames, but I mean, it looks it looks almost identical. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't really seem to have gotten any smaller. Um, although I, I, I don't, I don't know. So I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm very curious to the comparison, and I'm sure we've got some some folks out there who are going to try to get their hands on these. I remember walking around with lots of people who just wore them on a daily basis. And it became one of those things that, you know, we we try to get used to as part of our daily life, like people talking to their devices and things Mm -hmm. like that. So I think eventually we will kind of get there, but I think I'm going to, I don't know, maybe it's just my, my fashion sense is coming in here, but I'm going to need some better looking glasses. So.
2: (laughs) Right, right.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, these look like Revenge of the Nerds glasses, really, just with a little <laughs> thing on them. So uh, moving on, I digress. So we're having too much fun on this last episode, I mm-hmm. think. The the next article here comes from the keyword blog. And I have to read the title to see if this sparks anything in your Google experience. Collaborating to protect Nearly anonymous animals. (laughs) So, if you have ever been in a Google Doc with a lot of people at once, and especially if it's just like a public or anyone with the link, you start seeing these little pop ups in the top right with the little animals anonymous, slow loris, anonymous, you know, they're all these like weird animals that. Frankly, most of them I've never heard of, Mm -hmm. but today they have added 13 new animals. So we've got the African wild dog, the gray reef shark, and cheetah that are joining the pack. So it says, though they may be excellent collaborators, they also need our help. And so this article is speaking to that little integration that we see. And a lot of people don't understand what that is or why they use those animals. But Google is actually supporting the World Wildlife Fund. And so it looks like they've got some partners on this. This goes back to the Endangered Species Day that was on May 17th, but also in collaboration with Netflix's Our Planet. To raise awareness around animals that are at risk. So if you love our planet and you love all of our amazing animals, this is just an explanation of how they are trying to find ways to save these precious species. So They're actually helping to curate wildlife data very quickly. So that's something that Google has partnered with the Wildlife Insights platform to make that a a reality. So who better to give us data (laughs) than partnering with Google and predicting wildlife trade trends? So if you've ever heard of Google Trends, they're also helping to bring some connections there to help organizations like the WWF predict wildlife trade trends. And that's similar to how we had the flu trends many years ago that came out from Google. And then they're also collaborating globally with people who can help. So if you're interested in that, you can also find out ways that you can help with the conservation and finding out more about the Our Planet website. And they have an entire slides presentation in this article as well um, that will be in our show notes at googleteachertribe.com/89
2: There's a letter in your mailbox. Hey, you know what? This is all your mail. Hey, maybe I'll give you a
0: call sometime. You've got mail.
2: All right, Tribe, it is time for you. Casey and I have been looking forward to this episode for a while now, and I know that you have too. Um, We know that the tips from the Tribe episodes are usually some of our most popular ones, and it means that you get to hear your own voices. We're going to dive right into these. We've got several of them, some really, really good tips that I think that that you'll really appreciate. And this first one actually connects back to a question that we had last week. Last week uh, we had Dana Clement from Texas and she was talking about what are the specific things that um, we should be preparing kids for related to drive and to Google and to G suite and everything. What are some things that we can prepare them for? She has eighth graders that are getting ready to move up to the high school. And so we got a really good message from Sarah Kiefer from Cincinnati and um, who uh, gives a whole bunch of really good ideas. So Sarah, go ahead and take it away.
3: Hey, Matt and Casey, it's Sarah Kiefer from Cincinnati. Matt, I got to meet you at ITIP Ohio, which was super exciting. Here to share today some tips for Dana Clement as far as cleaning up in Google. She works with eighth graders. I work with fourth graders, so it's a little bit different. Big thing that I show them is the two different views in Drive. Most of them are not aware of that. And we talk about pros and cons of each. And we also cover quick access. They really honestly do not understand that. Um, Some of them like it, some of them don't. So we talk about how to make it show or not show. Uh, Definitely covering making folders and moving things in and out of folders. And then um, they absolutely love it when I show them how they can change the colors of folders. That's always a great way to end all of this is like, you know, hey, look at these colors. Two extensions that I would highly recommend are select and speak and that allows students of any reading level to select text on the web and then be able to listen to it as well as anything that they've typed in their docs and then cite this for me is another extremely powerful and wonderful tool especially the order that you get to make sure that you have the correct citations and trying to squeeze all these in voice typing in docs is wonderful as well as having these kids clean up their bookmarks they don't do it you got to remind them hope these help have a great day
2: Ah, Sarah! These are really, really good. I think you know we could just make kind of a checklist out of all of these, and you know the the fact that you 've got fourth graders i don 't think changes any of this because these are all really, really good things um and I know it's something just as simple as changing the color in folders sometimes that makes us happy. it's kind of like having multicolored sticky notes on your desk, you know, and then you can just kind of pick whichever one you 're feeling so um good extension suggestions they are good um drive suggestions and all of that. So thank you so much for your tip. That was a good one
1: moving on we have another share here from Blake Bray who is in Bells Texas uh, I don't think I'm related to whoever named that town but I have been to Bells so I I told Matt I was like oh I want to do this one so uh, just a, a quick little story here is uh Bells Texas is north of the DFW area and we used to drive there my family when we were driving between Paris and Sherman Texas and and Bells is along the way. And this is back when I was a kid. And the Texo- Texas lottery had had just sort of started. And so my dad decided, I think our very first lotto tickets were bought in Bell's. And we won. We didn't win big time, but we won. So that became our thing. That became our like good luck charm was to buy lotto tickets in Bell's. <laughs> so um, Blake, thank you. And I think you have contributed before. So we appreciate you. And hearing from my Texas friends. I always love that. But Blake shared through our contact form, he's he's a pretty proud daddy, I think, of his class. So he has first graders who did their animal reports in Google Slides. Mm. And so they did research, they added backgrounds, and they added pictures of their animals. And they also used the new insert audio feature to insert recordings that they use using vocaroo. So vocaroo.com to record their voices. And then they save that into drive and put those into the slides. And let me tell you, these slides are super cute. So I really, I really want to see these first graders. I think they must be adorable. And he published it to the web and he shared the link with the parents. Woohoo! And he says, bingo, bango, I'll be doing it again next year. So that was such an awesome share. He's included a link to his slides, as well, so that you can take a look and see how that works. And by the way, Blake also left us a PS. He says, I'm off to drink more sweet tea before Monday shows back up. Yes, Yes. sweet tea fuels the day. And then we have a PPS. He said, I use Matt's trick of duplicating slides so they last longer than a minute." My sub said it worked like a charm. So it sounds like he was using your idea for Mm -hmm. that autoplay feature just to make one slide a little bit longer than the other. And we just duplicated
2: some slides. So Mm -hmm. great tips, great shares from from Blake. Yes, yes. Nicely done, Blake. And flipping through those slides, which, by the way, if you go to the show notes at GoogleTeacherTribe.com slash 89, you can see this slide presentation from Blake's students. And oh my goodness, it is. It's pretty adorable. It's very clear that they have lots of cat lovers and dog lovers in that group. So um, yeah, definitely go go check those out. Our next one comes to us from Stephanie Scrockey from New Jersey. And she says, years ago, I remember, or at least I think I remember, I can sympathize with that, an option in Google Maps or Google Earth and a way to time travel, she puts in quotations, and see how various places looked like via satellite, going back a few years. Did this exist? Does this exist? And how do you access it? Yes, Stephanie, you did remember that correctly. And yes, it does still exist. What you're looking for is the time-lapse feature of the Google Earth engine. And what's so cool about this is that Google Earth has gathered a um, satellite image of every single year going back all the way to oh, something like um, 1984 or something. And then, yeah, 1984. And they've just updated it. So it comes all the way through, I think, 2018. And, um, you're able to see from the satellite how the the land has changed. So it's interesting to watch with cities, you know, as as they continue to sprawl, or sometimes as coastline continues to um, get bigger or get smaller. So yeah, that's that's the one that you're looking for is the Google Earth Engine. So there's a little tip for the tribe right there is the Google Earth Engine lets you watch the time lapse and watch the Earth change little by little over time since 1984.
1: That is such an awesome reminder. I totally forgot about the time-lapse feature. And, of course, more years seem to go by faster and faster the older I get. So, yes, we can go all the way back in time, folks, to that old, old age <laughs> of 1984. <laughs> but things have changed so much, and most of our students don't have a clue. And they, of course, think 1984 is probably back in the Stone Age anyway. So uh, what a great tip for, for sharing. Thank you for that, Stephanie. Our next tip comes to us from Susan Vincents, and she is in Kentucky, and she left us a wonderful voice message, and she is going to talk about a really cool sharing setting that a lot of teachers just don't know about. So take it away, Susan.
4: Hello, Google Teacher Tribe. This is Susan Vincent. I'm a K-12 Technology Integration Specialist at Christian Academy School System in Louisville, Kentucky and New Albany, Indiana and I'm excited to share my tri- tip for the tribe today. Um, it has to do with sharing settings in Google. And when you have a file open or you right-click on a file and go to those sharing settings, click on over into those advanced settings and hover over next to the edit, comment, and view button, and you will see that little time clock there. You might not know that existed. If you click on that time clock, it will allow you to customize those sharing settings and limit the time that you want to share that document. So maybe you want to share a document with a student just for 24 hours to collaborate with them to give them feedback or a coworker for whatever reason. So you have a couple of fixed settings there. And then if you hit that customize button, you have the ability to customize the time frame that you want that sharing setting to um, occur. And um, after that date that you set and time frame that you set, it will then expire. So I hope you enjoyed this tip for the tribe, and I am super excited to share it
1: with you. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Yes, I love this feature. So if you ever catch yourself Needing to share something for a limited time. I feel like this is almost like a um, ShamWow commercial, like (laughs) limited time, folks. Take me back to my Google teacher (laughs) application, infomercial style. Yes. But no, when you really need to limit that, you're like, okay, you can do it, but you've got to get it done within this amount of time. Add that little customization to it for that sharing setting and just limit the time that you want to share it. Mm -hmm. Great tip. Thank you for that, Susan.
2: Yes, yes, absolutely. All right. We're going to keep moving along here. This next one comes from Stephanie Howell, who is from Ohio. I just saw her recently at a conference up in Sandusky, Ohio, um, along with Sarah Kiefer, who we just heard from, like same conference, two people. And uh, she's got a message for us about how you can use Google Forms and Google Sheets to kind of Keep some data and track student progress. This is really pretty cool. Stephanie, go ahead and take it.
5: So I have created a Google form that allows my teachers to track student progress as they're working on different tasks. We use blended learning and our blended learning is set up so students are working on different tasks in the classroom. So they might be attending a mini lesson with the teacher. They might be working on a digital content lesson like an Edpuzzle or Freckle or one of those websites. They may be working on 21st century skills and working on those soft 5C skills. Students might also be working on independent practice. Um, So we're at a phase two. So what that means is students are able to work at their own pace. And we're starting to differentiate more and use data to help students with their learning. So I've created a Google Sheet and a Google Form that allows teachers to track their data. So students have a drop-down menu in the Google Form. And they can tell the teacher if they're working on an activity or finished. It helps to communicate with the teacher. And then over to the side, students can have a status where it says I'm good or needs help or check me. And then the teacher can see right away how the students are doing. In the show notes, I'm going to post the link to the blog post that talks about the Google form and the spreadsheet if you would like more information on how to begin
2: this process. Now, this is cool on a number of levels. First of all, the Google Form, Google Sheet idea, really great. I love that students have the little status box where they can say whether they're good or they need help or check me. But secondly, bigger picture, the way that they're doing blended learning, you know, that idea of that there is a face-to-face element along with the digital element. It's not all fully online and that it's all blended together so well. And they're pulling in you know, ways to differentiate instruction. I just really like this as a model. And thankfully, Stephanie did, as she mentioned, um, she did leave us a link where you can go check out exactly what she's talking about. And she calls it the grid method. And so um, definitely head over to our show notes and check out that link. So Stephanie, great tip. Thank you for sending it in.
1: Yeah, thank you for sharing that and showing us uh, the grid method kind of coming to life. And I think a lot of teachers sort of suffer with this when we want to give students more ownership of their learning and let go of that control, but also to have those checkpoints and to have ways for students to be accountable during the process and so this little tracking sheet i think is brilliant and a great way to do that without micromanaging students too much so thanks thanks again for sharing that stephanie our next tip comes to us from pam hubler who you might also recognize pam has shared a lot with the tribe over the years and pam i have to tell you girl, I'm amazed at how many tips you, forward, you fit into this 46 right. second message. So it's it's not just one, me- one tip, y'all. It is like a bunch. So she's going to talk about um, some game changers and another type of tracker and then an app smash. And I don't know. Oh my, she has got it all in this voice message. So take it away, Pam.
4: Hey, Matt and Casey. I'm a little sad that we are already already at the end of the season, but I'm looking forward to hearing tips from the tribe. This is Pam Hubler, our special techie in South Carolina. I have a couple. Uh, Mine are to use Casey's directions from her you're doing it wrong post to manage multiple Google accounts. It's seriously a game changer. Uh, Use Google Sheets for a daily tracker. Then you can app smash with Google Calendar, Google Keep and tasks all in one place. And if you want a template for this, I've updated my resource page in episode 65 with one for the 2019-2020 school year. Thanks so much for being here for us, guys.
1: Have a good day. This is awesome. These are great tips. And if you want more information, we will add some links to the show notes as well to help you keep up with all of these amazing tips that Pam has shared. So the you're doing it wrong thing, yeah. uh, That was a huge game changer, jaw dropper, when I learned how to manage multiple Google accounts. So we'll definitely add the tutorial link in there as well. And she's got some other resources resources too. So I might be bugging Pam to make sure we get all of the right links in here so that everybody can
2: get all of these tips in one place. Yeah, those are those are so good. And I tell you what, those daily trackers, those are those are starting to get pretty popular. Um, I've been kind of digging into some some bullet journal stuff recently. And I'm seeing how a lot of people really, really love those, you know, we've got lines for certain tasks, and you can just check them off for every day that you do it and everything. So Pam is on it with this. So thank you so much, Pam. The next one we've got comes from Raina Friedman, uh, who's from Massachusetts, and she's got some cool stuff that she and her students do with Google Sheets. Go ahead and take it, Raina.
5: Hi, I'm Raina Friedman, and I teach fifth grade at the Jordan Jackson in Mansfield, Massachusetts. Did you know that Google Sheets can be used To engage students and encourage student voice, we actually use it during reading discussions in HyperDocs, where questions are placed on each tab and students can answer them, and then other students can respond to them. You could also use Google Sheets as a KWL, having students share what they know about things, what they want to know about things, and what they learned about things.
2: Uh, see, we, we keep talking about on the Google teacher tribe about how Google slides is the Swiss army knife, but by golly, there's a lot you can do with sheets. You know, um, the, the, the quote that I, that I always attribute to, uh, Alice Keeler, our friend and, um, the queen of the spreadsheets, as some might like to say, she says the answer is always a spreadsheet. And it sounds like, you know, Reina and her students are totally doing this. And um, who would have thought of using Google Sheets to to give students voice? You know, you hear student voice, um, people are talking about doing videos and, you know, creating all this different stuff where, you know, giving them an opportunity to add data through Sheets, that that totally, totally works too, so... Raina, good tips. Appreciate you sending them in.
1: Our next tip comes to us from Lee Tucker in Georgia. And Matt, you know what? I think Lee is a big fan of Google Forms. What do you think?
2: (laughs) I'm pretty (laughs) sure he is. Yeah. And we're going to find more about that in a second.
1: Yeah. so, So Lee talks a lot about not only forms, but forms for quizzes using the new locked quiz mode. So take it away, Lee.
2: Hey, guys. My name is Lee Tucker. I teach English at Villarica High School in Villarica, Georgia. Uh, my tip for this year has been using Google Forms for quizzes. Uh, Google Forms has been super versatile, and I've been able to use it for a lot of things. Their locked quiz mode is really awesome now. Uh, and the fact that it automatically goes to a Google Sheets allows you to do a lot of stuff with the data. So Google Forms as quizzes has been really great for me this year.
1: Okay, that is fantastic. And that answers a question that we get a lot. Well, not only on the tribe, but we, you know, a question that I get from a lot of teachers in general is the whole locked quiz mode that's still relatively new. Not everybody knows how to use it and not everybody can use it because it only works on certain types of Chromebooks, but it is pretty awesome if you are looking for that feature. And of course, getting that Google Sheet and going back to what Matt was talking about earlier, how powerful Sheets is, and of course, all the data that we have at our fingertips. So thanks for sharing that with us, Lee. So we hope you have enjoyed these tips and great ideas from other educators who are listening to the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. This is my favorite type of episode to do. There's way less pressure on Matt and I to come up with all the content. So we love that you're sharing, but also we learn so much from you. And so thank you to everyone who contributed to this episode. And you can get all of the information, the links that are mentioned in our show notes at Google Teacher Tribe com
2: 89. All right, tribe, we've got a couple of quick parting blog posts for you. And then season three is going to be wrapped up. Can you believe it? So I just released recently a four part video series called awesome lesson planning made easy. It's got all of these tips and tricks and templates that you can use to level up your lesson planning game. So many of us in education, um, lesson planning is just a regular part of our lives. And so these are some, some resources that you can use. Um, so in the first three videos, I talk about, for instance, a protocol you can use to get your lesson plans structured and to make them a little more visual. Um, we've got some frameworks that can help improve your lesson planning, like the content of the lessons, and then some templates that you can that you can use within your printed lesson plan book or your digital lesson plans. And then in video four, I introduce you to something that I'm pretty excited about. Um, I just recently released the Ditch That Textbook lesson plan book. So if you're looking for a lesson plan book for next year, maybe this is the one for you. It's got this really cool, flexible planning template. If you've ever gotten a lesson plan book before and you've been frustrated with the way it was laid out, this one is super flexible and you can customize it. It's got lots of ditch that textbook ideas and different digital tools baked right into it. And it's even got lesson planning resources at the beginning to help you improve your lesson planning. So if you're interested in checking it out, um, there is a link in the show notes at GoogleTeacherTribe.com slash 89 where you can get your copy of it. Or you can also go right over and check out any of those videos or all of those videos about how to kick your lesson planning game up a notch.
1: Great tips, Matt everybody's got to do the lesson planning thing, right? Mm -hmm. And now is the perfect time to get started on organizing for next year. So I just want to give you a couple of resources here. I have a podcast that I want to share with you. So the Shake Up Learning Show, I did a special podcast edition on how to get Google certified. So I go through all of the certifications, talk about what the differences are, what you need to know, and give you some tips and tricks along the way. And just as a quick reminder, my Google certification courses only open twice a year. And at the time of this recording and the time this airs, they are still open, but you have to act fast. So they are are open until 11:59 p.m. Central Standard Time on June 4th. So um, that's that's the last day to get in on level one, level two or Google Certified Trainer. And if you don't make it in that window, you have to wait until November. So um, you can go to getgooglecertified.com to learn more. Was a fabulous episode. There were so many amazing tips and ideas that were shared from the tribe. If you haven't been listening to the Google Teacher Tribe for the past three years, you may want to go back and check out some of the other Tips from the Tribe episodes that we have done over our three seasons. So this is actually going to wrap up season three of the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. And Matt and I are going to be on a bit of a hiatus until we come back in the fall.
2: Yes, that's right. Casey and I are going to be uh, running around to a number of different school districts and conferences we will definitely be at the ISTE conference which is in Philadelphia at the end of June so if you are there we would love to see you there and oh and don't forget
1: we are actually having an education podcast network meet up So not just the Google Teacher Tribe, but all of the podcasts that are on the network, which I bet many of you listen to. So many of the podcasters will be there if you want to meet some of your favorites and hang out and network. And rumor has it that... um, our producer, Chris Nessie, has some special ideas in store for us, I think. Maybe I just put some pressure on. I don't know. Um, but I, I've, I've been told if I wear my shirt, he's going to buy me dinner. So I'm going to see if that, that works out for me. So um, it is at Pat's King of Steaks. Um, at 6 p.m. on Sunday, June 23rd. So, I know not everybody gets to go to ISTE, so sorry to put the FOMO out there, but um, uh, many of our listeners are going to be there, and we would love to meet you, and Sunday is a great time to do that before everything gets so nuts. So, come and see us at ISTE, and of course, we'd love to see you at our sessions as well. Yes,
2: definitely. So, as we're wrapping this up of course uh you know kind of as as casey was alluding to earlier we do have a good solid 88 episodes before all this if you haven't been listening to the google teacher tribe since the beginning now that we're on this hiatus maybe this is a time to go back and catch up on some of those episodes that you haven't been that you haven't been exposed to yet maybe do a little netflix style binge of the google teacher tribe
1: And you know what? I think that we are hanging on. We're we're having trouble landing this plane because we don't want to say goodbye to the tribe. So, um, but this wraps up episode 89 of the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. Please feel free to keep connecting and sharing with us using the Google Teacher Tribe hashtag. We would love it if you would leave a review
2: for us in iTunes and let us know what you think of the podcast. Yep. And we will see you on the next season of the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. Have a great summer, y'all.